Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Uh, today I'm joined by Milos. Hello, hello, hello. And Brent Perry. Hi. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we're here Jordan for the... For the latest installment of our Farscape retrospective, uh, Season 1, Episode 7, PK Tech Girl. Um, okay, so, uh, once again, at the beginning of this one, we see the, the Moya crew on the, on the command deck, and they uh, come across a wrecked, I assume it's a Peacekeeper ship, right? mm-hmm. but I don't know if they ever say that outright. Um, yes, it is. It's a oh, like legendary peacekeeper ship at that. Oh, like, oh, right. It, yeah, it is the. It's supposed to be like the most legendary ship in the peacekeeper fleet and whatever. And uh, Rigel immediately gets a little squirrely because well, Aaron right away gives you like basically the peacekeeper specs on it, where like yep. it can do this, it can do this. It's like a super powerful class of ship. Like no little thing can fuck this up this bad. And she's yeah. like, I need, I need to be able to identify this ship because this could be like important history. Yep. And, and then, then, and then, and Rigel's even the like, goes exactly and says, like, this ship is legendary. Like, well, that's when Rigel says the name. Like, he's like, I know. It. Well, yeah. Rigel says the name of the ship. He's, he's like, I lived on that ship. That was my first prison. And then, like, when he says the name, Aaron goes, "Holy shit, that's legendary!" And Dargo's like, "Yeah, no, it is. Like, even my people know." Even my like, culture, yeah. yeah. I think it was the the invincible. What? I think the ship name was the Sibelian. Okay. I, it's Sibelian. something along those lines. Sibelian. Sibelian. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was something to that effect. <laughs> Hi, Cat. What are you doing? Okay. Um, so, uh, so John and Aaron go aboard this thing uh, to look for, you know, I, I don't know, were they trying to get technology off of it? Were they just so well, they want to know. Well, they wanted to see if there's any like spare parts they can use or whatever. Well, they all yeah. kind of had their own idea. Like one said, "Hey, maybe we could pull some salvage out of this." One said, "We can get star charts and figure out our ways home." And the yeah, other one said, someone... "Like I just want to know what <laughs> destroyed this." So yeah, right, right. So John and Aaron go over, and you know, there's they're combing through it, looking for looking for anything they can use. Uh, Rigel refuses to go over there at first, and then, uh... No, he goes over there, then comes back. Oh, I thought he refused initially, and then... Yeah, I don't think he he went over. No, he... He went over. All four of them go over. No, I I think at first, he he doesn't go, and Zahn talks him into it. No, no, he goes, but then gets scared. No, I think stuff. I don't think he actually does go because, like, no, it it makes it look like he goes, but then like it shows that he's having a flashback and he's like hiding an event. I don't think he actually right. goes over until later because, like, I think that was his. Oh, like, maybe attempt. I missed that part. Yeah, because I, I understood his, it as he went and then came back to. Oh yeah, no. And then... Yeah, no. Okay. I think he he initially refuses to go because he's like, I don't need to go back there. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think he has, like, a flashback when, like, they show up on the ship and it shows, like, the group shot of them. It makes a weird yeah, cut yeah. to Rigel. And I think that's Rigel, like, oh. actually having his flashback instead of, like, cutting to Rigel to cut to his flashback. I think it just jumps you right into it because they're in that scene and it makes you think that he's there at first. But then you see Zahn go back to Moya and she opens the vent and pulls him out and she's like, you have to go over there and face this because, like... Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So then they do find a peacekeeper left there. Um, and uh, Aaron recognizes her as somebody that was on Crisis Ship. So Aaron is immediately like, okay, we got to get the hell out of here because if she's here, then Crisis is not that far away. And this is all a setup. And we got to mm-hmm. get the hell out of here. Um, John, of course, uh, immediately goes, well, why don't we at least let that play out, let that play out a little bit before we decide that. Um, and, uh, so there's a bunch of stuff between him and Aaron and this woman, Jelena, where you find out that she's a technician more than a soldier. You know, they've mentioned the tech class before, so it's not a new idea. Yeah, Um, which in Peacekeeper society is like a lesser class. The fighters are more important than the smart peoples. Right, which makes sense, given how their society works. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So you basically have a bunch of of stuff between three of them and then Rigel on his own little quest on this ship, which has a bunch of flashbacks to uh, Rigel being tortured by this guy named Durka, who was, I assume he was the captain? Uh, Captain or colonel, or he was... If he was in charge of a legendary... But if, yeah. if he was in charge of a legendary ship, he would have been somebody very important. Right. So, while you have that, and I did think this was really nice uh, character development for Rigel, which, to this point, there hasn't been a lot of that, mm-hmm. obviously, because, as we mentioned in prior episodes, it might be difficult to do a lot of things of consequence with the puppet on screen. So, you know, where they can find ways to do it, I'm all for it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the voice actors game for whatever they give them, and, you know, uh, whatever the puppeteers can think of works for me. Um, I just think it's interesting to be like, oh, hey, I wasn't aware they could get a puppet to do that at the time, whenever he does anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Oh, no, the, the Henson Company were good. Like, they did some innovative stuff with puppets, and, like, this is, like, towards the end of when they were really their own thing. So, like, they were putting a lot of effort into this to be like, come on, don't everybody jump to CGI. Like, we can still do some fucking amazing shit, too. Yep. <clears throat> so, while they're while they're uh, doing the salvage thing and dealing with this woman that's there, she explains that, you know, um, they found... Crace's ship found this other one floating around, and he left some text there in order to salvage it or do whatever they wanted to the peacekeepers as a whole wanted to do with it um what well, peacekeepers uh, wanted what what Aaron's thought was was to like find out what did this to the ship like what could be a threat to something like right. that's our best thing so then at that point the um the Sheyang show up those weird fish mm-hmm. pirates okay so th- this other species called the Sheyang who are like I kind of thought of them as, like, giant fish. That's kind of what they look like. Yeah, um, they're like fish Klingons. Yep. But, they're like, mo- original series movie fish Klingons. <laughs> like, right. Irrationally, stupidly, just like, fuck everything, we're gonna just fight. Right, so they're basically, like, uh, uh, scavengers, pirates. They're, they're gonna try to hit this, this ship for salvage. Um... So, uh, that's what they have going on. There's some confrontation there between, you know, uh, Dargo and, La- and Zahn on the bridge of Moya while everybody else is on the 
of the mm-hmm. civilian. And this is where um now here's what I did here's what I didn't get. Like at one point Dargo just starts screaming at screaming at the at the screen in Luxon. Is that because he was so mad he just slipped into his own language or were the translator things not working? Um oh, I, think, I, assume, uh, I assume that he's always okay, go ahead. I want. I'm going to see the. No, fresh you can takes. go ahead. Do your, no, I'd rather hear the, 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 the fresh take idea on this before I say anything. Uh, I don't think the. I didn't get it from the perspective that translator universal translator didn't work. I think he was just he went into his own like because they're about to get blown to bits and there was absolutely nothing he can do because Moya doesn't have any shields or any weapons, so they can't defend themselves. And yep. basically, he was, you know, he was the only source of defense that they could provide at the time. So mm-hmm. when Zahn decided to, you know, blast, so he was like, he knew he was going to die. So maybe it was like some sort of a death ritual warrior thing. I don't know. That's true. Could exactly have been know. Yeah. Well, well yeah. that's just it. Like, I assume that, like, the microbes work no problem. It's just there's some words that don't get translated, like curses. Like, yeah, <laughs> like if you had a little computer that was like, here's how, like, you talk through. It translates through that. If there's no word in the dictionary for like some of the curses, maybe that's just Dargo just went on with a big string of like, go fuck yourself, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's how that's how I understood it. Anyway, like. I'm sorry, Spencer is just writing me about something. Oh, sorry. I think tomorrow. He was just saying he was going to limit his vulgarity, and I was like, dude, you're fine. Yeah, we have a brand. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> Did he oh, listen hell, to any of our stuff? Oh, we have a me. We don't need... <laughs> I mean, I think I throw enough F-bombs in an average show that uh, we're covered anyway. Uh, so, so you have this whole thing between the the... People on Moya and the Shiang, where you know they're the Shiang are freaked out by the fact that there's a Luxon on that ship, and they decide that that alone is enough reason not to attack them. Well, see, one thing that we've like very much been underselling is Moya has no weapons or like major defenses. Right. So, like, to this species, they're going to attack it and try and fucking like salvage whatever they can, steal, pillage, pirate from whatever they can, mm-hmm. and like. Dargo knows, like, you have to show, like, some kind of, like, might in order to get them to, like, at least stop and be like, hmm, should we do this and argue between themselves? A little yeah. bit of a Ferengi thing going on. Yeah, very much. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, when Dargo goes into the rage, Zahn's like, okay, here's our show of might. And, like, as soon as they see a Luxon, they're like, oh, fuck, like, these guys are legendary fighters. Like, let's let's see what's going on here first. And they do actually do exactly yeah. what Dargo said. Where they squabble and, between themselves, and while this is going on, you have um, uh, Aaron and John and Jelena on the the Sibelian trying to repair a lot of that stuff. And there's also the other thing we sort of blew over is that there's a lot of immediate uh, distrust between Aaron and Jelena because you know Jelena is very much just like, "Well, you're a traitor, and I hate you, and go away." And all this, um, you know, you she was basically spewing the the peacekeeper mm-hmm. company line of like she's been contaminated, she's a scumbag, 
you know, all this kind of stuff. And there's obviously some uh, chemistry between uh, John and Jelena. They have several of those, like, action com- action movie romantic moments where they're, like, they're in the middle of the situation and they sort of, like, start to have to make out almost. And there was a... This is where the pop culture reference was. Uh, and this was not my line of the show. This came pretty close. He's basically explaining the the opening scenes of Lethal Weapon three to her, where like <laughs> yeah. they try to they try to uh, Gibson and 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 Danny Glover try to disarm the bomb in the in the parking garage, and they run out of the building when they cut the wrong. And they wire. say blue, and then they cut blue, but the bomb still goes down anyway, and it goes faster, and and then they all oh. live. No, 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 no. No, they all run out of the building in like fifteen seconds, and then everything blows up. It's yeah, it, it, it you got to see it. Pretty funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, at one point they you know actually start making out, and Aaron walks in on them, which leads to my my show of my line of the show again from Aaron, where she just very awkwardly goes, "Sorry for interrupting," as she's lifting this giant. Yeah. Thing. Um, <laughs> And I was just like, oh my god, this woman is just gold. Like, every mm-hmm. time, you know, in the right situation, she's just always going to have the thing, you know. Um, so they come up with this idea because, so then a different captain, like, takes over the Xiang ship. Like, some guy gets pissed off that they're not doing enough, like, salvage and stuff. So they take out the current captain, and the new captain decides, oh, fuck the and we'll just take that ship out, whatever. Well, um, it's basically the old captain is like, we have to wait and see, because, like, Luxons are fucking crazy. <laughs> and the new guy's just like, he's bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> is anybody probably... And at this point, it was established the only reason they came back was for the deflector shield. Oh, right. Okay. And yep. that's that's what everybody on the peacekeeper ship is that tr- they're trying to enable the shield, because... It's basically their only protection. Well, it's the only line of defense. Exactly. And then, yeah, it's going to take so many hours to get it. Because as we already established, Moya doesn't have anything. So that's, it's going to take uh, so many hours oh. to get it done, and, like, they keep treating Crichton like he's a fucking idiot, but, like, in this one, he does, like, he helps do some, like, complex fucking crazy shit with this, like, alien system. So, like, he is smart. Yep, he's able to, um, as... Moy is being attacked by the Shenyang ship. He's able to like beam the deflector shield over on top of Moya so that it's protected by by it instead mm-hmm. of the thing that no they think nobody's in. Um, so that was a neat moment. I thought that was a pretty neat example of tech and all that kind of stuff. Seemed very Trekian to me. Um, so uh, the the Shenyang at that point realized they've pretty much been beat by these people. And they just, dis- or was there more to it than just that? Am I missing something? Well, yeah, and there was some stuff in between where, like, Crichton and the tech girl, like, get kind of schmoozy. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron like, has, Aaron has a bike catch- and she's like, well, you know, you have something, you know, male genitalia at least is the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then like Aaron's like super pissed off because like she walked in on it and she's just like ugh, and yeah, you get your first. And then she said like, like at the point when she met him, she did have the same feelings for him. She thought he was you know interesting. 
Exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, wasn't jealous yeah. at all. <laughs> and one of the little fish dudes goes over to the ship and she basically, she's the only one fighting them off while Crichton and the girl are trying to put the shield this back. Be fire? Why didn't anybody tell me this be fire? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, Aaron sort of her, her inner Ellen Ripley in some of this. Mm-hmm. Claudia Black was at least, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's great. Like, just, yeah. I think this is. So, and there's a- there's one like one of those like not a curse, but close enough that like I'm actually surprised it got through censorship even for this show. Was when yep. uh, the little fish dude comes up and like he starts to yell at Crate and he's like, "Shut up, fucking gas hole!" It's just oh, like, yeah. wow, wow, like that one's very close. <laughs> like, hey, gas hole, you blow us up. You that's blow the one. Up, you blow yourself up too. Yeah, because yeah. he's holding the panels where he's trying to... He's not allowed to let him touch. Right. Oh, yeah, he's trying to keep those two shielding panels away from each other. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and then so, yeah. They, they beam the shield over to Moya. Their attack bounces off, and they're like, oh, fuck, they're armed. Like, Yeah. They, which they mutiny it. against the guy who mutinied, and then... They they basically leave. They're like, yeah, his life signs are out. Just fuck off. And then they fuck off, and then they all then go back to Moya, yeah. Yep, and uh, there's some debate as to whether um, to allow Jelena to stay there or not. Rigel's like... Okay, so I have one question regarding this episode, and just get an answer to this one. You can like just be like, hey, wait till the next episode. So, okay. But at one point, they basically come out and they say, like, uh, the ship has basically two different shield modulators, and they kind of overlap over each other. And mm-hmm. because they were only able to turn one on, that's where the gaps in the shield were that the dude was able to come in through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they basically be like, hey, we can take the second one to Moya. Did they actually do that? Does Moya get a shield now? I can't remember. Yeah, just while it was in proximity to that place, I think. No, no, yeah, but they were taking one shield modulator to Moya. He's right. They did say that they had a spare, so maybe they did do that. I just don't remember. They might. I don't know how technology integrates with Moya, but I know at some point there are. Yeah, well, I don't know that part, but it's like they they had two shield modulators. They were only able to turn on one, and then Crichton basically has an idea. Hey, because they're like, we're not gonna be able to survive in a garage if the photon cannon thing like hits through the hole mm-hmm, like, yep. and then Crichton was basically hey how about we take the second shield modulator to Moya yep yep that's so maybe that, you that's the big that. thing that uh Aaron was holding over her head when he okay yeah uh, Crichton and the tech girl getting schmoozy there are 10 right. more of these there are 10 more of these in there don't come into this corridor again without one of them yeah yeah and then she just gronks it up over her head and starts walking. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah well, she was doing good. that the whole time. But yeah, so that was like, I I mean, I guess I'm going to see in the next episode whether Moya actually has a shield or not, but hey. I know, I, I'm not sh- They do integrate some, like, defense weaponry, but I'm not sure if it's, like, through mechanics or if Moya just evolves it, because, like, both kind of well, happen at different times. I was just curious. 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that might be something that we see play out in the next few. I honestly can't remember myself. Um, mm-hmm. But that's an interesting question. We will keep an eye out for that. Yeah, um, it's good observation. Astute observation. Yes. Uh, so You'll then have you my have... moments. Oh, of course. We all do. That's half the fun, isn't it? Um, yeah. So then you... Uh, but so yeah, then... like, there's a whole back and forth between Aaron and the tech girl, too, where, like, the tech girl sees her as just a fucking traitor, and then she realizes, like, the only reason that she's being called a traitor is because she was contaminated by a foreign species, and Crichton's like, hi, that's me. <laughs> like, so this is why, like, tech girl actually agrees that, like, she won't tell them that she had any interaction with them, because that would be the same crime that Aaron is under. Yeah, because I think it's John maybe says to her, like, if they find out where you were, what do you think they're going to do to you? Yeah, um, like... And that so, literally, like, yeah, all Aaron and John... Yeah, couldn't tell anybody, you know? All Aaron and John had... a little moment, and, you know... Well, all yeah. Aaron and John had done to make Aaron a traitor was literally share a spaceship and a prison cell. Yeah, yep. she was exchanging fluids. I think it was more... I think exactly. it was more... The other, I think it was more <laughs> the other... The other characters that they considered aliens. I don't think they really know what John is at this point. And he at least looks... No, it was because of John. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that, that's because yeah. In and the Aaron, Aaron kind of has like one, you know, d- line here where she goes, uh, you know, just don't, you know, you're you're not gonna tell them, blah blah blah, because like you know, they're gonna kill you, and like you know, and then she mentions like, I wish I never spoken up when I did yeah. episode one. Yeah, that's like that's a little, you know, there. brief little moment where it's like, mm, okay. Yep. Um, well, that's I I. I the girlfriend and I watched the first episode tonight. Again, the like the first episode of the season, and all Aaron really does is say like, "Yeah, like." Crace asks her like, "What do you know of this creature?" She's like, "Well, he's a little bit dumb, but he does have his uses," and that's like all she says. And he's like, "All right, well, you're against us. You're a fucking traitor. Like, you're you're gonna be cleansed." <laughs> like, yeah. So like. She really didn't even speak up that loudly. She was just like, I don't know, he's somewhat useful. And like she well, didn't know that I don't think it was that. I think it was the fact that she didn't immediately play into the idea that John murdered Crace's brother. Well kinda. Just, but like I think Crace expected I think Crace expected the answer of of course he's a murderer. And she and just kind of and she, she went, No, he, like, he's too stupid to have actually stupid. tried to do this yeah. on purpose. He's too dumb to have done that, so I yeah. believe him because it was not it was an accident. And I think that was the thing that set Crace off. Mm-hmm. But you know But basically, like that's still basically saying he's he's dumb but he's useful, like Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like she really didn't speak up loudly for him. She wasn't like, Oh, he's a great guy. We should definitely have fucking Right? Yep. No. Yeah, she didn't exactly come to a ringing defense of him and still really hasn't. Um yeah, I think the thing, and, you know, the thing I, I'm noticing uh, going through this again, and I, and as a comparison, like, I found myself doing this when I went, when Corey and I went through Deep Space Nine last year and, and before some of the, during some of the lockdowns and stuff, uh, my favorite character in that show sort of changed on a rewatch, uh, for years and years and years, my favorite character was Dr. Bashir. And by the mm-hmm. time I was done mm-hmm. with it this time around, Odo had become my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finding myself gravitating towards Aaron a lot. 
things because I think mm-hmm. I'm noticing all the smaller things they're doing to like round out this character way more than I did the first time around. Like I don't know. Well, at, I don't know at, the, I would... at the end, at the very end, there's like a really nice scene with her and fucking Crichton where like. He's like, I think I know how you feel. And she's like, you have no idea how I feel. And then he tells this really, like, long, sappy story about, like, if I could go home and, like, everything was there, but everything looked the same. And then, like, I got in there and realized, like, everyone was gone. Like, it's not like I'm ever really going home. And she's like, okay, so you do understand. And that's kind of how it ends. Like, Yeah, I did so, really like, like that. She knows, great. like, she was born and bred to be a peacekeeper. Like, she, that's all she ever wanted to be. That's all she was ever supposed to be. And, like... She doesn't see her own self-worth at times, which we saw in the last episode when she had to do some science-y stuff with Pilot and Rigel. Oh. Like, and, like, it, this one, it just kind of shows that, like, she would go back in a heartbeat because that's what she knows, but, like, even if she wanted to, she can't. So, like, it's home is gone to her because she doesn't trust her own people if they turned on her that quick. Like, right. it's, a re- it's a really big, like, wow, that's like an existential crisis for a character to try and deal with in any kind yeah, of show, I- let alone a sci-fi. And I guess the thing that, you know, as you say that, it it actually occurs to me, you know, this isn't something I'd thought of before this point, but, like, and not to get into, like, the standard defense that a lot of people that did things for the Nazi party had of, like, that they were just following orders. Like, she basically gets turned on because, you know, Grace asked her a simple question, and she gives her interpretation of the answer, and it wasn't what he wanted to hear. So mm-hmm. her entire society turns on her based on the, you know, uh, revenge-driven motivations of this one guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think at that point, you're right. She starts to realize that, yeah, I don't have a place in this in this society anymore. Um, you know, well, yeah, and- no matter how much she wants to go back, she, she knows she'll never be accepted after what's happened and what happened wasn't even anything bad so she's just like complete ideology shattering right like everything she believed yeah. in is a lie and she's like on the other side of it now she's just like wow this is fucked up okay I'm which just... again write, writing you just don't get in shows like this like any shows now like the other thing too is that you know and I keep thinking about this you know it was from what I remember of the initial airing, and Milos, this isn't going to mean much to you at this point. Mm-hmm. From what I remember of the initial airing, it was a, it was considered like a miracle every year when this didn't get cancelled, right? And... Uh, mm-hmm. Not really. Like, after the first season, it got some pretty good buzz, like, after the reruns. Yeah. So, like, they already did, like, they were agreed to season two because it was, like, worth trying. Yep. And then, like, after season two it had its following and once the following didn't get any bigger then the studios go oh well then it's a failure if it didn't if it's not growing like yeah. it wasn't really I... stagnating either like again like it's like we talked about the yeah, other yeah but if you had like steady you know crowd watching it you know numbers are that's all just right. it. like but they weren't happy with that audience they wanted more because that's how networks work like if you're not if your numbers aren't going yeah, up then no, you're fucked yeah yep. and right. so I like and I feel like if you made this show now, it would just be Firefly again. Like it would basically it would they wouldn't give it the honest chance. No, it would be on twelve times. They'd be like, okay, these numbers aren't high enough. Goodbye. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably. 
but like and, I said, like uh, uh, a lot of their numbers are based on like when it first airs, yes. whereas like it should be based on like the rerun factor, like that first like rerun season, because like that's when yeah, a lot of people are... watch these weirder shows because like mm-hmm. they've already watched through the storyline of their main show. Yep. Yeah, and I mean now obviously the now obviously the metrics are completely different with like DVRs and streaming services and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like like obviously there are completely different ways to measure that, but I mean back when this was airing, the only way you could judge that was the Nielsen shit. And mm-hmm. for the for shows on a cable channel like this, those were always going to be pretty puny anyway. Um but in know, a way that that's like there's like network scams you can pull with that. Like you can say, Oh, well look, the numbers are so low. We're only going to put this much money into it, even though it's generating enough that like they can keep the production going. They're probably making more than enough for themselves. They're just saying like, Oh, well look, first run, not so great. But like on that second rerun group, they're making all the money. Right. Yep. And because the ratings are this low, our ad rates are this low. So then, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you yeah. always have the possibility that Netflix or some other streaming platform is going to pick up the show. Yeah, but at this yeah. point, like Ben Browder, in fact, he's like sixty-one, I think, or sixty. I mean, but honestly, I saw him on like CSI or one of those shows recently. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't actually look that much older. No, but like uh, Virginia Hay is like seventy-four now. Uh, Rigel, okay. the actor is dead. Uh, okay. I don't know what Anthony Simcoe is up to. Like, yeah, it would be hard. You know what I mean? So, like, you can't really do the original cast coming back. You could do a good chunk of them, but like, they're all like significantly older. So, a lot of the stunts and stuff they did to make the show great are going to be a lot harder on them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, you're right. And, I mean... and like, if they don't bring back the original cast, you know, it's just going to change so much that it's not even going to be what the name on it is anymore. Like a lot of things yeah. today are like, I think it's, I think it's one as much as I love this show, this is one that I, you know, and I was kind of precious about the, to touch base on something that's going on right now. I mean, I was kind of precious about the quantum leap thing too. Like I, as positive as I was about it with you guys, like there was a part of me that was going like, Oh, this is going to suck and within mm-hmm. like two weeks. I'm going to hate this thing. And you know, it's actually been pretty good, but with this, I just feel like there's so many like moving parts now, and like because and like Disney- another another thing is like quality today. Like, in order to be pretty good, you just have to be better than anything else that's on at the moment. And like, look at some right. of the absolute bombs we've had. So like, anything that's even like half competent, you're like, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, well, honestly, if you were gonna uh, not. Acting on this stuff is great, but honestly, I think it's writing writing that makes it as good as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you were gonna remake it, like my point of emphasis would be like, "Hey, we gotta get the writing on point for this." Right. Like my thing is, my thing is like, if you don't get the writing done, even if you get the actors that are still alive and capable of doing it, like. If the writing is what it is usually today, it's like the show's gonna suck no matter what you do with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, it's that's, like if you bring again, in, like what... even if you bring in some new characters to do certain stuff, and writing is on point as it is like through the original series, like you know it can work. So it's like the writing is the big like 
question mark. Yeah. Like if well, you the can't other get thing that, is... other stuff wouldn't matter like, as much. Like okay, like you brought in, you know, this guy. You know, you brought in. Uh, you said Simcoe passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think he's still alive, but I don't know if, if he's uh, done so any acting like, at all. Yeah, I mean they're much older, but you know you can be Browder, you can be Claudia back. Like, yeah, they'd be older, but like even you know the stunts so far that they had to do are not that you know they're not flying around, they're not doing Yoda, you know, episode two stuff. No, but, but like the like running through the hallway, the running through the hallways and stuff, it gets a little less feasible and like yeah. I get it. You know it. what I mean? Like, I there's, there's like, not you know, so much, like, you know, so much of it to be done CGI, which, like, yes, there is a little bit in this, but, like, it's only here and there. Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot more, like, uh, Pilot and Rigel would definitely be CGI. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, and a yeah. lot of, like, the weirder alien stuff would be CGI. Like, it wouldn't, yeah. and if you kind of lose a little bit of the charm that it had that way, a lot of the creativity that it has, like, for working around things, like, okay, the budget only allows for this, but we need to have this, so, like, Everything you do matters more than when you can just be like, okay, and then big CGI yeah, that scene. Yeah, definitely you just be different even to do it today yeah. in a remake. Even if you, yeah. even if you still had the puppets and stuff, like even if you still went the Henson route, even if you went as practical as you could, yeah. Disney owns that now, so yeah. which <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I don't, believe, I don't. We all know what that means. <laughs> as much as some of the some of the recent Disney shows I have actually liked, there's no way that they would allow something that pushed boundaries as much as this show did to even exist under on their watch. Well, that's just it. Like there's that whole Creighton and fucking Zahn scene in the last episode would have been completely cut. You'd never get anywhere close to that. Yep. Uh, you'd never get Rigel pissing fire off a bridge. <laughs> like, yep. No, you not wouldn't. in a million years. Right, no. so like that whole episode, like two of the like, ooh, there's a standout character moment that's like either very like good acting between good actors or like just a, like hey there that explains a part of Rigel's like whole like alien anatomy like that's like okay weird but okay it's there right yeah. like it's it's world building stuff that like it's there and it has a moment in each episode but like it all builds on to what they've already got and like it's it's just little things like that that like again like you can tell when people used to care about what they were doing and when people just slap together something because it's a big name project that they want their name attached to at the moment. Like, yep. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is, this is one of those things that, and we've talked about how, you know, certain remakes and reboots I'm game for and certain ones I'm not like, this is not one I would go anywhere near. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust that it would be anywhere near the same level of, of quality that the original show had, unless it was a literally a, another like, if it was another thing like the Peacekeeper Wars that was very contained and actually had as many of the original people back as you could get, that I would at least consider. But mm-hmm. another another show would just be like, no, there's no way. Well, that's just so, it. Like, uh, you could do like a couple of little small ones that like kind of continue for a little bit, but like, it's a finite number so like you know a studio is going to look at that and be like well if we're going to fucking put the money into firescape we're going to reboot from the start and it's like and then you get all the fucking like oh well you need to have this kind of thing and that kind of thing and this kind of character and that kind of character and then you can only put so many characters in so many situations because it's fucking offensive to do anything you know what i mean and then it that it all just snowballs into what we keep getting 
Yeah, no, so... Yeah, and then you remove any character growth because you can have situations that, you know, are tough and whatever. It's like, you, yeah. I'm actually well, that's just it. Like, no. like any of the things that you could do that would make them good characters, they're too afraid to touch because they're going to get pissed off one group or another in some way. So like, yep. then everything becomes these like completely ultra overpowered characters that never have to face any struggles, and that's just not what First Gape is like. No, not at all. All of these characters. Dude, every are episode is a struggle. Exactly, and like they're all struggling, like within the situation they're in, but like external conflict, and you get a good character struggle on each episode where like some of them have been faced to deal with some like pretty like holy shit, this thing I believe my whole life is actually kind of shit, and then like my eyes are kind of opened up to this now, and like there's it's just there's some good stuff. And every episode is like every episode is like we're gonna go into some situation, and then how are we gonna make it exponentially worse? And then drag ourselves out of it. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Um, another good one in the can here, boys. I think we're, uh, you know, like I said earlier, none of these have actually come out yet. But I think we're building something that people are going to have a good time listening to. And maybe we'll get some people watching along with us as these come out, too. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so as far as our next... I'll give you the next couple, just because we seem to be doing these in, like, two or three episode blocks, um, and just in case people want to uh, watch ahead somewhat. Uh, the next three are uh, Season 1, Episode 8 through 10. Um, oh, shit. Uh, I'm forgetting the titles now. Son of a bitch. Um, the Old Black it? Magic. Yep. DNA, DNA Mad, Scientist. Mad Scientist. And they've got a secret. Will get us from eight to ten, so we are almost at the halfway point of season one. As each each season was twenty two hours, um, mm-hmm. that's you know how TV actually used to be done back then. None of these like eight to twenty two twenty two TV hours. So each yeah, yeah. twenty two TV hours. So when you're watching it like without commercials, it basically comes down to a forty eight to fifty one minutes per episode. Yep, as opposed to the the streaming 10 hours is a season thing, mm-hmm. which is fine, so but if you're going hour, just like strictly hour wise, it's probably about 20 hours of TV, but still, <laughs> yeah, they do a lot yeah. in it. Yep. They definitely do. This is a very, a very jam packed show that we are happy to be running through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love even, you know, as far in as we are and, not really having gotten to a lot of the really, really significant shit yet. Uh, Milos's reactions to things, even now, are the reason I wanted to do this, and so far mm-hmm. it's been entirely worth it. Um, and like so, I said, I just kind of like mentioned that I fucking love it, and you were like, come on. And tumbled it's like, onto yeah. it. <laughs> I know, like, I, I pick up a lot of the stupid little character things that are just like so great like they all come back in some way later and it's like wow there's so many little things that like you can point out and be like that's like yeah well because so much like brilliant in a way that's not done now like you know like they just these these shows aren't interested in like shows now just to me don't seem to be interested in you know developing characters in the way that a show like this does where there's like Mm -hmm. small things seeded throughout a season or a run or a whole series run where it seems like with the the streaming shows in particular it's like 
what is the, you know, we have our central character, what is the one character trait we're going to get them to acknowledge exists in them by the end of this this short season that we have in front of us here? Like, mm-hmm. the, the example I come back to, Milos, and I almost don't want to bring this up a couple weeks before the new one starts, is like, all that stuff in that crappy second season of Picard that we all hated was all about showing Picard that it's okay to love people. And it's like, okay, well, you can, you know, if you had more runway and more writers willing to do that, you could actually, like, explore a hell of a lot more than that in a 10-hour time frame, but no one mm-hmm. now seems to want to do that. Especially so, because that's how... They basically ended TNG to begin with. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we're happy to and get... And you just took something that they already concluded and did it again in a more sensitive way or yep. whatever. Well, you could, as you said, like taken 10 hours of a TV show and done something like completely, basically anything you could have done. Okay. Like, no, no, let's take something that was already established and do it again, but better. With more I have, and that's, and, and, and that's, that's kind of why I'm like worried about Picard season three, because like, yes, they're bringing all that cast back and you're going to get that nostalgia grad that like, even I'm stoked for, but like, you know that the writers now aren't going to use anything that was done before. And like, you already saw that problem with these characters in the fucking like movies of the next generation cast. Right. Yeah. And, like, it's, I'm just afraid that, like, this is just going to be the same as, like, the movies where it's, like, yeah, all that continuity, fuck it. Like, all the, like these character developments, we're just going to start basically from scratch and make these different characters than what you grew up with for nine years. Yeah. yeah instead then, of thinking, like, hey, he, this is what we did with the characters for eight years, we're going to build on it. Yeah, like, instead of, like, actually doing something that, like, adds yep. on to that mythos, it uh, actually just, like, kind of resets it and, like, let's do our own thing. And I think this is kind of going to be that again, but in less time and more condensed and with all the issues that we always complain about in today's writing. So it's like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, hope let's it, hope we're wrong on that, Evan. I hope it, I hope, I, hope I am, but... it's. I just, I mean, to me, like, yeah, they're... You know, the to not to drill on that that show too much on a thing where we're completely outside of that. But I mean, the first season of Picard was passable. The second one was just atrocious because they let the uh, the fucking agenda hammer take the season over. And then, like I and granted, this show will be over anyway at because this season coming up is already acknowledged to be the last one. So, like, do they care? If there's a bunch of massive fan bash backlash against it, but they almost no, they don't like, care. Well, at this point, like, I, if you're all they're looking if, for is the view count. So even if they're yeah. getting people just to hate watch it and make fucking YouTube videos, that's they're gonna yeah. get what they want. Yeah, that's true. I just I would hope <laughs> I would hope that there are enough people there that are there are enough people behind the scenes on that production that are cognizant of what doing this actually means to that fan base. That if you, that if you fucked this one up to the degree that you fucked up season two, then I would almost question whether their entire whole thing on Paramount Plus can even continue. Well, with the fucking shambles that like both the movie division and the television division are in right now, and like even the streaming division, 
It's, yep. uh, I don't trust studios, especially no. when they're like backs are to the wall and like, I think they're just going to be like, it's got the title, it's got the fucking cast you want, we're going to pay some money to get them in here, and yeah. we're going to get a bunch of views, and just... Yeah. And this has been the problem with Trek for a oh. long time, is nobody actually oh. gives a shit. Shit. I just had a thought. Um, And I'm going to go watch Broken Bow at when we're done here, but one, I just had a thought, uh, an alternate thing for episode 400, mm. that what if we did State of DC right now? Just because of, with the the gun announcements and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, we were we should have actually yeah. set it up where we did it before the announcement came out. But well, no, but yeah. now I think now that we can yeah, react, now it's more better when we know yeah, what now, he's planning. React to that, you know. Um, maybe yeah. Why don't we um, float that in the on the chat page? That maybe because that means we can do four hundred whenever we want, and we don't have to like tie it to watching something or mm-hmm. you know. All that kind of shit. So yeah, I'm gonna more go. off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think those those do well too. So I feel like um, that might be a better use of of 400 than I mean. I want to do Gladiator at some point. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're gonna do Towers at some point, but I feel like that might be a better use of 400. Yeah, than, uh, something mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it seems more like an event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. We'll get back to this with those three that we listed off earlier. Uh, um, episodes eight through ten of season one. Uh, we're at the halfway well, point. I, I don't think we asked it through our recording block tonight of this last three episodes. Well, let's take the temperature on Milo's. Like, what do you think yeah. is going we're, on? We're going to do, do that a lot. I think. Still loving. Yeah. It. Still loving. It. Still loving it. Yep. No, no, well, no predictions or anything like that. Just because I don't usually do predictions and stuff. No, so I'm not asking. Like, but like. What are your thoughts on like the characters so far? Like, is there any I'm favorites? It. The writing's any... on point. Acting's on point. Like everything, you know. Like we brought it up and mentioned basically every one of these. Like every every situation is basically used to build characters, to develop plot, to develop the characters. Like mm-hmm. you you see it growing and kind of expanding and getting better with each episode, and I'm there for it. And yeah positive encouragement too we're both sitting like john and i are both sitting here going on oh, the things to come just tie everything together so you're just like yeah. all right like if these guys are this well, high on it it might it must be all right yeah, well because i think we're gonna you know we're gonna end up ending every block of recordings that we do of these asking you that because brent and i can very well, my reply is probably gonna be the same every time right, but if you haven't but if you have any like other other things you want to bring up just as like things you want to mark in particular or i know you don't generally no, it's like do... if i have any question regarding to anything yeah. i will bring it up during the pod and I just yeah the like... reflector shield thing you know it's like something yeah. that i was like i know what yeah, no, that, was, that was a good catch if this goes anywhere yeah. brent and i could very catch. easily brent and i could very easily turn this into like chris farley show like the the wind tunnel Jay remembers the the echo chamber of the chris farley show where we could just go back and forth like Remember that thing on that show that happened that time? That was awesome. Um, so, you know, not that yeah. I expect you to, like, not that we're requiring you to call us on our bullshit and whatever, but part of the point of doing this was to get the perspective of somebody who had literally just started watching this, like, a couple weeks weeks ago. And, 
you know, in the in the thought that at a least a couple some, of days ago, <laughs> wow, in the, in the thought that in in some ways at least yours will be different from ours, um, yeah, just because you know we have the we have the knowledge of what the entire thing is at this point, and you don't, and yeah, does it does it play differently watching it for the first time in twenty twenty three? And it would have watched. Oh uh, man, this show has an age of day, man. And yeah. like, I, I like to think I bring like the minutia to detail in, like where it you comes do. to like different character like moments and like, hey, this kind of really shows this personality trait, or like even the world building moments where it's like, okay, well, this is showing like the structure of like the peacekeeper culture and like Zahn's culture and like Jargo's. Like, I, I love that little shit when it's done well. And this, there's so many little things that it's like. Oh, like, yeah. I, I like, yeah. It's it, it's good to have these conversations. I like it. Yeah, I'm it's a great a excuse to rewatch a show that I love in the first place. But like, to actually be able to like hash out some of these, like, okay, this little thing, like, is it, yeah, it's just great. I love it. Yeah, it's been super fun to have a, and I really like being able to. You know, I could just easily sit and watch this again and just fan out and not really given any thought but like I think part of the fun of rewatching it is to look at it in the way that we tend to look at things when we do these shows on them um or like you know I'm starting to you know I'm starting to view the Star Trek stuff differently in the sense of you know, I've I've not in in a negative way but I've mindlessly watched that stuff for years and never really thought about any of the larger stuff you know but being able to look at it in, through the lens that we look at everything that we do on these, you know, add some stuff to that. And I've certainly never looked at this show that way because when that was airing back in 2003 or whatever the hell it was by the time it was over, like, I'm not thinking about that anything in those terms. So it's been a worthwhile, it's been worthwhile just to watch it again and it's been worthwhile to come at it from this approach regardless. And like, so. for, for all the things that like, I, me especially when I'm on the pods, like, for all the writing things I criticize nowadays about, like, you could have did a thing here and you didn't, you could have done a thing here or there and you didn't, and, like, it's just, it's so nice to go back to stuff like this where, like, hey, you could have done a thing here, and it's like, oh, wait, you did. Like, so, like, yeah. I feel it's only fair for me to, like, gush out on, like, these ones a little bit because it's, like, I'm so negative on some of the modern stuff. It's it. This is my way to point out, like, and this is where, like, you can do it right if you just have a little bit of thought, like right here, like like right here, yeah. like yeah. yeah, very much. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, you know, if the if the biggest problem with with modern entertainment, especially in genre, is the writing, like something like this is the cure for that. Mm-hmm. You know, where they actually were trying to do something on a writing level, where I, I'm not sure that a lot of these big time franchises now are really trying to do that. But, like, it's easy to say just writing, but, like, there's several kinds of writing. Like, there's, like I said, the universe building that they have to do. Like, there's all the culture building that they have to do. There's the character interactions. There's this, like, single episode plot lines. There's the, like, season plot lines. Like, and it's all so well thought out. And, like, the actors and the writers are in sync enough with each other that, like, you wouldn't be able to get away with some of these lines without the actors being as good as they are. So like, it was just mm-hmm. everybody putting in their all. And like, you just don't get that anymore. Cause people are like, I'll oh, write three episodes of this and I'll jump off to something else. And you know what I mean? Like, yep. 
It's just yeah, revolving you know, doors of like writers and directors in shows now. And it's like, no, you need a steady group of people that are like, give a shit from the start, come up with shit together and work it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think there's something to be said for, and I have noticed this is as a trend in, in shows now. It seems like they pretty much from year to year, they like scrap entire writers rooms and just hire entirely new people every year. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, and everybody wants to make something their own. If their name's on it, they want it to have their spin. And, like, a lot of the times they just ignore the major character things that they've set up before just to do their own thing. And it's like, no, like, you have to have consistency. And, like, that's one thing this show has right from the drop. Like, you get enough of the characters to know who they are. As it goes, you get more of that. But it's never inconsistent from what you've learned before. Yeah. Like, even with Dargo in the middle, or the first episode, where, like, the crime that he's already locked away for is a different one than he's telling. But his whole, like, we know through his culture and his code of honor that, like, for him to even tell that much of a lie, it's got to be pretty fucking true. So, like, that's a right. big part of it. But there's something, like, he personally sees his honor in it. Like, there's all kinds of stuff like that where it's, like, great. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other the other thing, and I just had this thought, too, is, like, if you did a plot like that on a, on, a, on a sci-fi show now where, like, you find out one of your major characters was lying about something pretty significant, right? Shows now would be like, well, we have to hand that to the audience in painstaking detail immediately, right? Mm-hmm. So then that came up in, what, the first one we did today, and there's done two more that took place after that and it hasn't really come up again so it's something they were clearly willing to seed but not willing to give you right away where most shows now assume the audience is too dumb to uh mm-hmm. even rem- like i think now i feel like most shows now believe your audience is so stupid that they would be concerned that if you didn't answer the question in the same fucking episode you brought it up no one will remember you even posed it now, see, that's the line that we're kind of given by a lot of people, but I think that's actually a sign that the writers are too stupid to write anything more than 20 minutes ahead. Like, they have no yeah. future sight. Yeah. But I, I, so I you've mean, I clearly can... seen this one, future sight is all there. Like, you're writing yeah. stuff now. I mean, you guys know already all the payouts from stuff that we've seen so far that Actually, I don't remember. I don't remember all of them. It's been long enough since yeah, I watched. Yeah, but them. It's like you know enough, them and you like you know where certain things lead to, where I don't. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're still setting up stuff now that's gonna get its payout. Like, but like even even season, your first end of this season, third season, even though. Well, even your first time watching through, like you are noticing the consistency that, like, yeah, that thing does build off this thing that happened, that this thing that happened, that this thing that happened to that character, and like. It's not just for one character. Like, you're not just getting Crichton and everybody else. It's just kind of background. Like, every character is getting oh, that building Like, as you even go, Rigel right? and Pilot, to the extent that you can mm-hmm. work two puppets into it. Like, they're still mm-hmm. getting their, like, you know, stuff. And it's like, and even, Rigel's even actually even getting quite details, a bit. Like, we brought up with uh, Erin on the uh, Space Lady Gaga episode. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. when Rigel shits in, explodes himself with his fart, it's like, hey, like, you know, it's gonna get hot in here, you should consider going back to the ship. 
it's like small mm. detail that was like you know they brought it up like three episodes ago yeah they you know she can't really stand high temperatures and it's like you know they could have left her on the planet and just like completely disregarded it they still made it a part of us like that's something that small detail that like i think plenty plenty of today's shows wouldn't really bother with because it's such a small detail and it's like i would just leave it out of the episode but like in a lot of like say star trek episodes like with like a crusher or a troy or like someone like that who's like not usually in the action party when they go back to their quarters or back to the fucking medical bay they just kind of disappear until the end of the episode when they come back into play as something very useful but like with this like when someone goes back to moya like aaron and rigel in that episode like <laughs> you get a lot of character stuff for one or the other or both like they don't just push their B team off to the side completely. Like they actually do some really good character stuff when they're not part of the A team action. Like, yep. Yeah. I think that's just, that's just, you know, um, I think that's a difference of how shows were made back then as to how they're made now. Like now, you know, you have the whole series regular thing where, you know, I think contractually, like you had things back then. I don't know if they do this as much with the streaming shows, but they definitely did this back in the day where when you sign somebody to a show, you had to guarantee they would be in X number of episodes, right? So like with a lot of the Trek stuff that was out at this time, that would just mean they, with some of them, whichever characters they didn't have use for in a given episode, um, they would just find some way to have them walk onto the bridge for one line and leave, right? But it's clear to me that this, you know, this is a a smaller cast show than, say, something like Deep Space Nine or whatever. And I think Rockne O'Bannon looks at this and goes, hey, I have to have all these actors show up in every episode of this or whatever, but I'm actually going to give all of them significant stuff to do in every one. It's um, funny you say that, because, yeah. We're not there yet, but there's this. This isn't even the finalized cast. So oh, no. just leave it at that. Like not at all. No. Like some bad guys come in and get more screen time. There might be a few additions to Moya over the years. Like they didn't just introduce everybody all in one lump sum either. Like they do save oh. some. Oh yeah, there's like, definitely there's definitely changes throughout throughout. But I mean, well, that's just it. Like as you build the dynamics between the characters and you get into a comfort zone, they kind of throw something in the works that changes all of the dynamics around. And it's like, oh, okay, that's, they're smart about yeah. that. Like That's yeah. got to be half the fun of writing it, too, is to muck with the dynamics that you already have. Well, that's so. just it. Like, it throws a wrench in the yeah, gear more so than writing like, in today's shows and it's like every new Well, it's not even just in today's shows. Like, <laughs> you look at it compared to, like, especially, like, the first three seasons of Next Generation, like, there's no real character growth for a lot of those, right? Like they're all pretty much like they're, they're that role more so than that character. Like what role they play on the ship. Like Jordy is the engineer guy most of the time when he shows up, you know what I mean? Like Picard is the like diplomat. Riker is the action guy. Like, and they more like the plot, like John said earlier on one of the episodes we recorded tonight, uh, it's more like they're playing the role they have to play on the ship more so than actual character at times. And like with this, you never ever get that. Like, yeah, with this show, it's people in a situation, not a situation that requires some, some degree of activity by, you know, 
assigned roles. Well, it's like, yeah, like, again, like, we need science officer data. We need action man Riker. We need diplomat. Like, you don't get that. Like, this one, everybody's doing something at all times. Like, you don't have, like, three or four characters that just disappear from an episode or two because they didn't want to write anything for them that week. Like, right. Yeah, even like, Pilot, who at this point is like the hardest to actually find something to do just because of the limitations of the puppet and the amount of, you know, space that he mm-hmm. occupies. It's like at the same time, like they still find something for Pilot to do mm-hmm. in each episode. And we're at the point now where like he's actually starting, or she, whatever, they, <laughs> I guess. They, yeah. I don't know if they ever assigned Pilot a gender. Exactly. Like, yeah. Which they don't really call attention to it either. So it's like, is that not the best way to include inclusion? But anyway, besides yeah. the point, besides the point, like you're getting moments between like pilot and the Moya crew that like, you can see that she's starting to warm up to some of them and like in their own ways. Like, yeah. Cause like the pilot is basically like a parasite that's in the brain of Moya, even though like, it's like a symbiotic parasite. So like, there's a lot of things that like pilot sees how people treat the ship or the DRDRs or the like or the DRDs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, DRDs. like you know what I mean? Like there's little things where like you see how like how much respect they give the ship and the ship's things that like pilot starts to respect them back and like you really see a bond with her and Aaron or yeah, pilot and Aaron at this point. Yep. And, like, Pilot and Zahn seem like they got a pretty good fucking, like, connection going. Like, even though it's a limited role, like, and they're finally moving away from just being like, something's wrong, I don't know what to do, you guys figure it out. Like, she's actually becoming kind of more of the, like, family, if you will. Yeah, and that's been half the fun of watching this, like, the early stages of that, before things really start to hit the fan. Uh... (laughs) So, yeah, we will, uh, I think we're planning on doing at least two more recording blocks in the next week and a half. It would also depend on, uh, I know we wanted to pre-record episode 400 at some point, um, mm-hmm. so that might, that night might eat into one of those. So we we know we're definitely going to get to um, episode 8, 9, and 10 this weekend, um, so we should be able to knock those out this weekend and at least bank those. And I, again, this is all under the idea that none of these have come out yet, but we just want to have enough of these uh, salted away where we can release them however we want and stay ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. So We're going to end up with so many in the can after a while that we might have to do just like <laughs> one day a week is just our first Cape show. Like, Yeah. yeah. Even if it's like cl- close to another one that we do, like it might just be a thing that has to happen if we keep powering through the way we are. Yeah, we'll see how that. I mean, I'm going to slow down some when my wife comes back from India, but we'll see where we are with that in a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll meet up for this again in a couple days, and uh, we'll see where we are by Sunday. All right, that's good. All right, boys. Have a good one. Yep. Let me get rid of the...